I always tell everyone that comes in, it's like, I want you to lose the weight in a way that you see yourself living for the rest of your life, right? Because if it, if you don't, once the program's done, you're just going to go in party mode and eat everything. So I want you to enjoy the whole process. So when you're done, you can see yourself living like that. Keto, I, after three months, I would eat a lot of carbs too. (laughs) I don't blame anyone for doing that. So I'd rather use a more sustainable approach so that people enjoy it. They don't empty their glycogen storage. It stays full so that when you actually lose weight, it's actually fat. Exactly. Okay, everyone, here we are and welcome to the Eat Real to Heal podcast. I am your host, Nicolette Richet, and I am back this week with an incredible guest. And I know if you've been listening to our episodes, you know, I always say each and every one of our guests are amazing. They're incredible. They're super, superstars. I love them all. And it's because they all have a beautiful story to tell and a story that if you just emulate what they do, if you just put into practice what they're teaching, you are going to see phenomenal results in your life. And that is exactly who we have on our guest today. Somebody who can take you through from where you are now, no matter what position you're in in life. If you're overweight, haven't worked out, if you've never exercised a day in your life, if you have no idea where to start, if you're eating literally just hot dogs every single day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, you can work with Lucky and he will transform your life. Now... Everything we're going to be talking about, I'm actually putting into practice because I hired Lucky Segoy as my ultra endurance, vegan, plant-based, whole food, unrefined food coach. So he's been teaching me for the last, I think it's four months now, uh, how to eat to fuel myself for the 11 to 16 hours a week of training that I am doing. So if this is your first time to the show please know that we launched an incredible campaign called 22 Million Strong. And this campaign is the synergy of all my life's work. So it's my PhD research that I'm going to be doing across Canada. It is the work that we do through our richer health companies, our consulting companies and our retreat center. It's the intersection of the work that I do with our plant-based whole food, 100% organic cafes, the green mustache. We have five locations and we have 10 locations coming to New York once COVID is all wrapped up and hopefully one day behind us. And I can get across the border because that's an important thing to do when you're trying to set up cafes and restaurants. And so what this work is, is that I am going to be running and biking across Canada in a total of 75 days straight. I'm going to be the first female athlete to do this fully on a plant-based, whole food, 100% organic, traditional foods, unrefined foods diet. And, you know, for me, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. So I don't have to deviate very much from what I was previously doing, other than the things you're going to learn in the podcast with Lucky today, because 
I was not eating enough food. I was skipping meals. And you cannot do that when you are biking anywhere from like one and a half to four hours a day or five hours a day. And if you're uh, running as well um, for any of those times. So if you are an endurance athlete, you definitely need to consume more calories um, in a day. And I was under eating despite how busy and hectic my life was. And really just under eating because I love the work I do. So I would get so wrapped up in work and my kids and my life that often I would just forget to eat. Um, I don't get those pain signals like my husband gets, you know, where if he hasn't eaten, everybody knows that he needs to eat. Whereas for myself, I was kind of like a camel. I could go all day without drinking water, without eating. Um, and I know some of you out there listening might think that maybe it's because I don't feel my feelings and feel my emotions and feel my state of health. And you could be right. But now that I've been doing this endurance training, I'm actually paying more attention to that. So I'm not just blocking out those life-giving signals. I'm actually in tune with them. My appetite has increased and I'm eating a ton of food as you'll hear in this podcast with Lucky. So as part of this tour across Canada, I, even though it sounds like it's an endurance athletic event, it's absolutely not just about that because I'm going to be meeting with 35 communities across Canada where we will be sitting around having circle dinners, um, you know, communing. We are going to be discussing what it's like to live in these communities and then also uncovering the barriers to accessing clean, real, fresh food. Uh, and to access these foods because these foods that I'm talking about, these foods that Lucky talks about are the foods that actually keep you free of disease for a long time, well until you, to your hundreds or until your 90s. You can be disease-free without these Western chronic degenerative illnesses when you simply fuel your body, fuel your mitochondria, and make sure your body has all of its needs met. Unfortunately, in our society, many of us are eating completely refined food all day long. We're eating way too many animal products. We're eating way too many refined oils, sugars, and salt. And this is interfering with our body's ability to create health, to create energy, and to keep ourselves free of disease. So as we discover these barriers to accessing clean, real foods in these communities, we'll also be teaching about how to do the therapy that I teach, which is a metabolic nutritional therapy to reverse the leading chronic diseases that are plaguing our society, that is an epidemic in North America, in Europe, in Western countries, and that is really unnecessarily taking the lives of our loved ones. We do not need to lose another loved one to a heart attack, to all of the other heart conditions that come with not fueling yourself well, to diabetes, losing your legs, losing your eyesight, and so forth. We all can take a stance today because really all you need is a knife and maybe a cutting board in your kitchen, and you can turn your kitchen into the ultimate healing pharmacy. And when I say pharmacy, I'm not saying the P-H-A-R-M pharmacy. I'm talking about the F-A-R-M pharmacy, where we work with our farmers, our farmers markets, our produce managers to be able to get the cleanest, freshest produce into our kitchen and then into our bellies so that we can actually constantly be fueling ourselves 
for optimal healing. And that's what this entire 22 million strong tour is all about. So I'll talk more about that at the end of the show, but let's get into learning more about Lucky. So folks, let me tell you about this incredible guy, because when I first met him, I didn't realize he was an ultra endurance athlete. So Lucky Segway is passionate about health, wellness, and making a positive impact on the world. And he created a lifestyle that supports that both in his personal life and his work life. He merged the two just like I have done. So Lucky combines his experience as an entrepreneur, a fitness trainer, and an Ironman 70.3 competitor and uses his knowledge to create the Fit Vegan Blueprint. So this is a program that simplifies the daunting process of trying to lose weight and trying to be vegan, but without all the other restrictive elements that often we hear when you want to lose weight. For example, the Jenny Craig programs and, and all the other diet programs that are like, reduce your calories, reduce your calories. This program is not about that. He also combines his knowledge in the gym as a fitness trainer. So he gets you moving your body. You do not need weights. You do not need anything. You can just use all of the things that you have in your home and still get an incredible workout. So by combining those two things, which is that healthy lifestyle, a little bit of working out, you're able to transform your health and your body and finally lose that weight that was so hard to lose on all of those other diets. So this program is not restrictive. It's a program about abundance, bringing in even more food, bringing in the diversity of food that we should be eating. So you never have to feel like it's an elimination program at all. In fact, the recipes are incredible. And, you know, Lucky teaches you how to transform and sustain the success that you're going to get from working from him, working with him. Because as you know, 99% of the people who diet and lose weight often end up gaining all of that weight back and more within the first year of, their, of doing their diet. And this is what is so terrible because these diets are restrictive diets, restricting your calories, getting you to do the weirdest, craziest things like, you know, consuming loads of meat. I've never met a keto person who loves their keto diet. And if you're one of those people, please, I'd like to have you on the show and we're going to talk about that. But before we do, I want you to go get uh, a few scans done because I'd like to know the state of your arteries before we hop on that show, because the research is out people and it is showing that you can achieve almost 98% blockage by switching to a keto diet and achieve that blockage within the first year. So if you're a go-getter and you're somebody who's like, yeah, I want to do that, you will successfully be able to do that on a keto diet. But you know, if you read the evidence-based medicine, if you actually read the science, if you truly understand how the body works and how it absolutely needs carbohydrates to be able to successfully um, be able to fuel your brain and your muscles and all your tissues and your cells and your mitochondria, then you know, you might want to stay away from the keto diet unless you're doing it if you have epilepsy or you need a rapid surgery where you have to lose weight very, very quickly. But really, the keto diet was never designed to allow you to sustain that kind of diet for a long time without having the consequences of doing that. 
So Lucky jumps in and he teaches you how to do it with eating an abundance of food so you never have to feel any kind of restrictions or like you're dieting. Now we jump into the meal plans that Lucky has me on. We jump into why he's designed my training plan the way he does. We get into the science behind it. We cover all things. And of course, we answer the protein question. Where do I get my protein? And do not worry, I get more than enough. So let's jump into this podcast so you can learn what I'm eating to fuel myself on the 22 Million Strong Tour. And you can learn everything you need to know about working with Lucky Seguin and the awesome, incredible success he has with you know really achieving those same before and after pictures that you often see people on the keto Instagram sites showing. You actually see it, but what's great about this and the work that Lucky does is he does it in a sustainable and healthy way. And in a way that's not only good for your health, but good for the animals and good for the planet as well. So let's jump in and you know what to do. If you find this podcast to be something that could help one of your friends or loved ones, please share it with them, get them to subscribe to our Eat Real to Heal podcast because it's the stories that we share with each other that have the power to change lives. See you at the end. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Eat Real to Heal podcast. I am your host, Nicolette Richet, and I'm very excited to introduce you to Lucky Seguin. He is our guest on the show, and I know I probably just butchered his last name. He is French from Quebec uh, in beautiful Canada, but welcome to the show, Lucky. Thank you for having me. No, actually, that was, that was the best try. That was good. Oh, okay, good. We practiced this. I don't know how many times just before going live here. So for all of our listeners, I want you to know that Lucky is on our show because of the fact that he is an amazing human being on the planet, doing incredible work, helping people get very, very fit in the gym, doing strength training, but also he's doing it by helping his clients uh, use a plant-based whole food vegan diet and lifestyle. So that's a huge a part of the work he, that he does in addition to you know getting his clients into the gym to move their body, develop muscles and all of that. So we're going to be talking about so many great things when it comes to workouts and nutrition. So I'm excited to jump into that. But Lucky, when I met you years ago when you attended one of our Eat Real to Heal workshops, I think with your wife or fiance, I should say. Um, Jen, and she's from the Boo Project. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, the Boo Project. And you had been there and, um, and I was just so fascinated by the two of you because you had so much knowledge about health and wellness and nutrition, but that was a while ago. And since then, you've la- launched your company called Fit Vegan. Yeah. So tell me how, let's go way, way, way back because I want to you know help our listeners get into how you ended up at Fit Vegan. And I was just so mesmerized by your story of riding your bike to California. Tell us about what was the mission behind that. Yeah, the, the mission was to um, help cancer patients that wanted to heal holistically that didn't have the funds to pay for all their treatments. Um, like we mentioned, Jen, we were attending your workshop because she was diagnosed with breast cancer almost uh, four years ago. Um, and one day I was just sitting in the doctor's office and I, I was just looking at my bank account. I was like, wow, 
it's going away really quickly. And I just thought to myself, like, I, I don't want to wait for someone to come and save us. Like I want to provide for us and help other people in the process. And I was like, what would be crazy? What would be something that would grab people's attention that would be able to raise money for? Um, and then I was, as I was opening my email, it was someone that biked from San Francisco to LA. I was like, wow, like what if I biked from Vancouver to San Francisco? <laughs> like, what if I do that? It sounds pretty crazy. I've never done anything like that before. Um, and it was in August that I had this, like August or mid August. So I was like, all right, I have this idea. Let's make it happen. I started the fundraiser. I had a month to train, to get sponsors, to get a bike. I didn't even own a bike, um, to get all my gear to, to leave. And then I left mid September, uh, and it was freezing. <laughs> um, and that's kind of what started the journey of me biking down to San Francisco. It took me, uh, 22 days straight to get there. It was a incredible experience. We got to raise a bunch of money for um, five different cancer patients that were healing holistically. Um, and it was just amazing to, to see the impact that, that it had in their life once we went to hand them the check. Because a lot of them were, there was like, at the end, it's was like, I have no more money. I don't have money for rent. And this was just came at the perfect time. Yeah. So it was an amazing experience. And, and it's true, like a lot of our listeners are from, you know, 87 different countries all around the world. So their medical systems are going to be vastly different. So, you know, what we talk about here obviously largely applies to the Canadian medical system. And we have an incredible socialized, you know, medical system where I know in the United States, you mentioned socialism and they go batshit crazy because they don't actually understand what that means. But, you know, it means for the most part, you're not paying through the nose for your um, medical care and your treatments. But at the same time, when somebody does have cancer, there's this myth that it, all the expenses are going to be covered. And it's not. Like a friend of mine, um, she was diagnosed a few years ago and they had to spend $125,000 in um, additional alternative you know, therapies, which she's alive today mostly because of that. But there is this myth that, you know, well, the government will take care of it and they only take care of the very, very basic, like whatever is approved. Yeah. And again, doesn't your, your food makes a big difference, right? Obviously yeah. with the work that you do. So like, that's not paid for the, for the government. Um, you want to do some vitamin C IV, you want to do some hyperbaric, some ozone sauna, like all those things add up like acupuncture, um, lymphatic massage, like those things add up really quickly. And yeah, we've, we've spent well above that over the past four years. Um, so yeah, it's very pricey and I'm happy that we were kind of able to do that, that trip and kind of kickstart that for, for some people. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely, it's a pricey journey. They definitely don't take care of everything. No, they don't. I mean, really just the bare minimum, if you want to do your chemo, your surgery, your radiation, but the minute you start getting into anything like even experimental drugs or, you know, there can always be a cost associated with that. And so when you did this journey, uh, from Vancouver, British Columbia, all the way down to San Francisco, um, at the time you had been basically working out in a gym, like you weren't a cyclist or an endurance athlete at all. Uh, no, I was, uh, I had no background in, in, in endurance uh, training at all. I was previously, I was a bodybuilder and a powerlifter, And that's kind of where I, I felt really comfortable was training in the gym. Cardio was a big no, no, uh, because it would make you lose muscle. Right. Um, and I, so yeah, I never really touched it. So that's why for me, it seemed insane to go from Vancouver to San Francisco because I had no background in it. And I, 
yeah, I haven't stepped on a, a treadmill in, in a few years uh, once I had that idea. So it was definitely a big shock to my body. It wasn't ready for that. And at the time, were you plant-based and vegan at the time? Yeah. Yeah. So it's been for the past uh, over seven years now that I've been plant-based. But prior to that, you had been eating a lot of meat. And what made you um, make that leap from being the you know bodybuilder, meat eater to being plant-based? Because we are seeing a lot of that happening in the bodybuilding world now. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting story. So the, the easy answer is Google. <laughs> that was the easy answer. <laughs> Um, but I was, uh, yeah, I was a bodybuilder and I was competing on stage and I was training with one of my friends, um, who was a, a fitness model. And one day he was like, Hey, I have to stop at one of my friend's house. You want to come with me? And I went with him and it was, there was a, a runway in, in the apartment. I was like, what kind of friend do you have? He's like, Oh, it's actually, it's my agent for, for modeling. And I walked in there. I was like, okay, I'm this big 240 pounds guy that looks like a puffed up potato. And she looked at me. She's like, I see something under those chubby cheeks. She's like, if you start losing weight, we'll see if we can do some photo shoots. And I was like, oh, you know what? Let's give it a shot. So I decided to prep for fitness um, competition. So I started losing weight again, still um, eating meat. But were you losing muscle or what, what, like what kind of weight were you losing at this point? I was just losing fat. I was kind of like bodybuilding again. Okay. Um, so I was losing weight and then I did photo shoots and then I, they, the pictures ended up really good. I started doing booking jobs, but then the issue was that I was too big for the clothes. So like you need to get skinnier, right? You need to be muscular, but skinnier. I was like, well, I worked so hard to get this big, <laughs> right? Um, and then so I went on Google and I was like, you know, I'll give modeling a shot. Sounds really fun. Um, you get paid for people to take pictures of you. I was like, hey, let's give it. It's better than working at Subway. Um, so I went on Google, looked up for the diets that would allow me to be skinny. And then vegan came up. Like vegans are skinny and they're weak. I'm like, well, I don't care if I'm weak. I just need to be skinny. <laughs> so that was the original reason. There was no like uh, health reason or animal reason. It was just, I needed to get skinny. So I went vegan, did it completely the wrong way. I basically went raw and severely under eight. Um, and then I lost 80 pounds in a year, right? Wow, that's and a lot it, of weight to lose. A lot of it was muscle. And I like to emphasize that it's not because I went vegan that I lost muscles because I purposely stopped lifting weights. Um, and I just basically severely under eight for a long time. And then uh, as a year later, I was 80 pounds lighter. And then I was working in, in New York. I was working in, in Milan. I was getting all these big shows. Uh, and then I started like kind of eating better, doing more research on how I was eating because I was feeling terrible. And then as I started thriving on plants, I was like, wow, well, I don't really need to go back anymore because I feel so good. Right. One of the first thing I noticed was my sinuses cleared up. Like the fogginess of my brain kind of went away. I didn't even know it was there. I'd just been feeling like this my whole life. And it's kind of like I experienced a new level of health. Um, so yeah, I just felt so good that I, that I stuck with it. And now it's been over seven years. And that's, that's the reason. It's just Google told me that I would get skinny if I went vegan. Oh my God, Google and modeling. I love it. So, yeah. hold, so I just want to dive into, to give our audience an idea of like what you were eating previously on your vegan diet that still kept the brain fog that still kept that you know the pluggy the plugged up sinuses and versus what you ate when you switched to more plant-based um whole foods because there is i i think there's so many people out there still um that have no idea the difference between 
a real food vegan lifestyle and then a shit food vegan lifestyle, I'll call it. Because if it's not even food, we can't even call it food. Yeah. Um, so you mean like before I went vegan and then when I transitioned? Yeah, because when you originally went vegan, you were you said you weren't you just weren't eating as much, you weren't bodybuilding, but did you switch directly to like all whole foods or were you eating like the refined processed food vegan foods? Um, no, I went straight whole foods because um oh. I didn't even know vegan processed food exists. It took me two years to know that Oreos were vegan. Oh, I see. So that's actually a good thing. <laughs> yeah, you didn't so know that. I, it wasn't as cool to be vegan back then. And so there was as many options. So I had to eat whole foods. So I was just basically like frozen blueberries, bananas, and dates. I was eating that like three, four times a day for like a few months. That's what I started off as because I didn't know what else to eat. I didn't want to eat salads. So I was obviously not eating properly. I was just severely under eating. I was missing some, some nutrients. I was eating the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the, the switch from, I was eating 12 eggs for breakfast before and two chicken breasts every three hours for the five other meals of the day. So I was eating 15 chicken breasts a day. Um, and then I was eating 12 eggs for breakfast for three years. And then I switched like genuinely cold turkey or cold turferky, however you want to call it. <laughs> uh, and I went from eating like that to a bowl of frozen blueberries, dates and bananas. It was a complete shift overnight. That is I think so my body cleanse out so much. That is so extreme. And so prior to doing that, you remind me very much of, um, or I had Ronnie Penn on our show and he's this bodybuilder who uh, went vegan plant-based whole food. And, but before that he was in the military and he um, actually helped convert a lot of people in the military and the coast guard to plant-based whole foods. And same thing, they all had some very similar results, but now he's actually like, he's gotten bigger and bulkier eating, you know, because you can, I want to jump into the science around that with you. Yeah. But um, he described the same thing is that he almost, he was suffering from basically like heart disease that left him fainting in the gym because of the fact that he was doing very similar things to you, like the 12 eggs a day. And that's what they told bodybuilders that they needed to be eating to be able to bulk up. But um, maybe if you can shed some light on that, because I think they're, I think it's the biggest myth that's ever been perpetuated. Yeah. So a lot of the theories about protein come back from the Arnold days, right? That's kind of where the era of muscle building came. Um, a lot of those guys were on, on steroids. And when you're on steroids, your protein synthesis is enhanced. So if you're eating that much, your body's taking more out of it, which makes sense. But if you're natural, like 99% of people that are just at the gym trying to work out, your protein synthesis isn't the same as if you were on steroids. So you don't need that much protein to actually build muscle. And on top of that, like the mucus, the inflammation that comes from eating the meat actually makes your progress slower compared to if you're eating whole food plant-based. So you get better results on whole food plant-based. Right. And so... Um... Thanks for clarifying that. Cause I think people need to understand that. Cause there's the, I mean, the biggest question that I really hate being asked every single day, but it's an important question. And I, and I end up loving the discussion is, but where's the protein in the plant-based whole food. And we know that it comes from the amino acids, which are contained in all of the plant-based foods in the entire plant kingdom. So you you know, nobody suffers from a protein deficiency unless they're really, really sick, or they're just malnutrition in a country that just has no access to food at all. So when you started to feel better, 
tell me what your diet looked like as it expanded. I hope it expanded beyond the blueberries, the dates, and the bananas. Tell me how you ended up incorporating more foods. Yeah, uh, stir fry and Buddha bowls were the first two that I was like, oh my God, this is delicious. <laughs> um, and then I started incorporating more vegetables and then doing more research. I'm like, okay, variety is going to be key here if I want to make sure that, you know, I, I get enough of, of everything. So I just started focusing on including different vegetables, in my Buddha bowls, and my stir fries. And for a long time, that's just what I made because um, I wasn't really uh, good in, in the kitchen. So I just made, kept it really easy. Um, and once I started implementing, obviously, more calories, uh, more calorie-dense foods, a little bit more uh, protein because I was, tra- I was training a little bit more because um, I wasn't getting enough from frozen blueberries and dates, um, that's when I started feeling better. That's when my energy went up. And I was like, oh, my God, like I'm actually thriving now. Like I can feel the difference. Yeah, that's, and it is amazing how, I mean, our food is our medicine, our food is our fuel. And a lot of people I think don't also, you know, if you're a listener out there and you're thinking the food has nothing to do with how you're feeling and your mindset and your, the way you're physically feeling or mentally feeling, I mean, you couldn't be further from the truth. Like you are impacted every single day by the foods you put into your body. So Okay. So here you are, you're eating better. Um, and then is that, and did you go and do your bike tour fully plant-based whole food? Uh, yeah. When I did the bike tour, I was fully vegan. Oh, you are. Okay. And yeah. then, and how did you feel on that? Like, what was it like to go from never cycling and being a bodybuilder to hopping on a bike and cycling 2,200 kilometers? Um, it was very, very interesting. It, it, it confirmed a lot of the concepts that I thought about physical training, which is a lot of what I use with the members right now and, and with you as well with you know nutrition is your body's an adaptation machine um obviously when you train to bike across canada ahead of time you're building that work capacity in your muscle and in your body so your body adapts to training this much um compared to if you just go straight from what i did to not doing anything to biking to san francisco your body is forced to adapt really quickly and it's very painful (laughs) for your body to adapt that fast. And genuinely, I, I, I was ready once I got to San Francisco, once I was in San Francisco, I'm like, I can bike to Mexico. Wow. But it was like that adaptation period to get to there. It was, it was very painful. And I'm really happy that I had whole foods the whole way to help me like speed up my recovery because I was, I was over a hundred kilometers every day. You're like, you're biking, you set up your tent, you eat, you sleep, you wake up really early, early the next morning and you bike. It was that every day for 22 days, no days off. I love that story though, because it really shows you that you can go from not doing any kind of activity like that. So something, you know, fundamentally different than what you're used to. And then you wake up and 22 days later, you can be prepared to cycle across the country if you wanted. Like our bodies are amazing. Yeah, they, they adapt really fast. That's one reason we've been able to survive for thousands of years is our ability to adapt. Yeah. And it's funny because I contacted you. So we had set our uh, campaign and announced that I'd be cycling. And originally before COVID, I was going to cycle from Vancouver to California to Malibu. And again, to raise awareness about food as medicine and that we can reverse chronic diseases. And uh, so I contacted you because I knew that you had Fit Vegan. I knew that you were, I saw one of your advertisements, a 90 day um, Fit Vegan program where you get fit and lose weight as well, which the before and after pictures, by the way, are phenomenal that, you know, the transformations your clients go through are brilliant, like, like no other. And I love that they're doing it all with Whole Foods as well. 
And so when I contacted you and you told me that you just went cold tofurkey um, yeah. on the bike tour, I was just like so shocked as well. Um, but then that's when we started working together. So let's jump into that experience, like what it's been like for you to work with me, because I thought we were just going to come in and you'd be like, yeah, eat these foods and away you go. Um, but it wasn't like that at the beginning because I was essentially under eating. So what was that experience like for you? Like from, you know, let's take our audience through what you had to do to adjust your program for me. Yeah. So for, for you, when you first started, you were, you already had started training a little bit, right? So you were expending a lot of, of like energy compared to before. Yeah. Um, I know you had like some, some longer rides cause you went from, I think like doing nothing to starting a little bit more of an intense workout schedule. Yeah. And so hold on. Let me, let me just tell the audience what, where I was, yeah. um, just so they know exactly where I'm coming from. So, you know, I'm a busy mom of three and an entrepreneur, uh, I run five businesses. Um, and I basically for 16 years hadn't been moving my body cause I'd been behind my desk working with clients. Uh, running my businesses. So nine months prior to when I contacted you, Lucky, I had actually started working out in a gym for the first time in my life. Like I never lifted weights, hated them, hated being in a gym. Um, and I was just like, Ugh, I'm going to do it because I know I need to be strong if I'm going to cycle across Canada because now COVID had hit um, or was just coming on board. And I, need, and I thought I'd work out in the gym just to overcome my injuries that I had, my, my lower back injury, knee injuries, and, um, and shoulder injury that I had. So I had been working out in the gym, but in that whole entire nine months, I had not lost any weight. In fact, I gained 10 pounds. And it was basically like, you know, my layers of mama fat were still on top of like, I was bulking up muscular wise, but I yeah. had all this fat on me, but I was fully plant-based whole food. And then that's when I came to you. So I'd only been, I think, cycling and running for maybe a week or two. I had okay. just started. Yep. Yeah. And so what happened also when you came, you were, you were under eating for the energy that you were already putting out for the gym. Mm -hmm. And then you were going to start increasing it with all the cycling, right? Um, so like I mentioned before, like your body's an adaptation machine. So if you give your body little food and you're trying to perform all these exercises, it's going to find a way to perform all these exercises on a small amount of food that you're giving it. Um, but obviously you're not going to perform at your best because you're, you're undertaking your, your energy intake from food. Um, so basically what we did with you is we started reverse dieting. So basically it's, uh, just re-increasing methodically your food so that your body adapts to smaller increments and doesn't put on weight. So if I were to grab you from when you start and I added, um, I don't know, a thousand calories, your body would have put on weight because it's like, oh my God, it's way too much food. I don't know what to do with it. Let's store some of it, right? But because we went so slowly, then your body was able to adapt to it and kind of like speed up your metabolism to adjust to every increment of food. And now um, your new meal plan, you're eating 3000 calories a day. You're eating more than me right now, right? <laughs> to sustain your workout and your weight. So we've, I think you've, we've done a over a thousand calorie increase from the start. I think a thousand two hundred. Oh, 1300. Um, yeah. 1300 calories. Cause I think when I came to you, when I used the chronometer, um, yeah. and I use that to, or whatever I used, what system did I use? Was it your system? Uh, my fitness pal, my fitness pal. Right. So I had to track my food and I think it was like some days I was eating like maybe 1500 calories because I was, you know, I, I called myself a workaholic for sure that I would 
and, and also the ultimate intermittent faster. That is my yeah. other name um, because I would miss breakfast, often miss lunch and then eat dinner. And of course my dinner, like when you're fully plant-based whole food, you can have a huge plate of dinner, which is what I would do, but maybe it was only 500 calories. Right. Yeah. And so some days, like I literally was eating anywhere from five, 600 calories to 15 to 1700 calories. So I remember the first meal plan you gave to me, I called you and I was like, are you crazy lucky? Like I can't eat this much food. And you're like, oh, and that's when you gave me that We were like, oh, we have to start slower. And I think we started at 1700 calories. Yeah. And now we've built your way up to 3000. Um, and which is great is you didn't gain any weight your body is exactly the same weight, right? And your body composition has shifted because we can tell in your pictures as well. Yeah, I lost weight for sure. Like I think I lost about seven pounds from when, or five or six pounds from when I first, no, seven pounds from when I first started with you. Okay, cool. I've, I, haven't, I haven't looked at the graph yeah. <laughs> lately, but yeah. So I'm, I'm looking at your picture, but your body and composition definitely happened and yeah. we increased your food. Um, so the whole concept behind that and i think why you weren't losing weight when you were strength training and because you were under eating is your body again its only job is to survive so it sees that in the long run it's like hey there's all this energy going out there's so little coming in right we're gonna run out we're gonna die so okay. what's the number one source of energy that our body has control over it's stored body fat so your body's gonna hold on to it and it's gonna store more of it so you can train all you want, but if you're under eating, your body's going to keep storing because it sees that in the long run, it's not going to be able to survive. But when we slowly start increasing, right, very slowly, so your body adapts so your metabolism revs up, your body's also seeing, oh, there's more energy coming in. I don't need to store it or hold on to it. And that's when you start losing weight. That's why people start losing weight when you increase their food. Yeah, I love that because I've been telling people that for years because when they do the Gerson therapy, which is what the metabolic nutritional therapy I teach my clients they actually consume 6,600 calories a day. It's 23 pounds of organic fruits and vegetables and some grains and legumes and pulses. And that is a lot of food. But of course, 17 pounds of that out of the 23 are juiced. So you yeah. have your full cooked meals, all the snacks you want, but then the juiced meals. So that's where, you know, you don't have to digest all that fiber because that would, you could never consume that much in a day. You never chew that much. <laughs> no, never chew. That would, you'd be chewing all day long. You'd be like a yeah. cow grazing. And so I love this reverse dieting concept too, because number one, it um, shows you that a, you, you almost need to like stretch your stomach muscle for people who are under eating, especially all the people who are now fasting and thinking like, I'll just skip meals, skip meals, but you're actually losing calories when you do that. And if you are even a little bit fit, you need those extra calories for regeneration as well. Not just the fuel and the energy, but the regeneration. And that was the biggest thing I saw with you and your program, Lucky, because for that nine months I was in the gym, every gym session, three days a week, I'd be so sore the next day. Like so sore. The minute I started increasing my calories and getting all those additional nutrients in and which equates to protein as well, all of a sudden my body wasn't sore. And look at how much you're training now. Yeah. Like I've trained one to five hours a day, six days a week. And like I can do a training session and half an hour later after I eat a meal and have some water, I can go again for a few more hours, like no problem. Yeah, this, this concept is, I think listeners really need to pay attention to this concept of getting more nutrients um, in the form of also more calories, obviously into their body, as much as I hate talking about calories, but we do need to consider them. It's just a fancy word for like form of energy coming in, right? Um, yeah. and, and like you mentioned, stretching your stomach is, is hard. 
it's when you're when you're full it's very uncomfortable but it's a necessary evil to go through that phase so that you're able to get in more nutrients right if you're eating the right foods more calories represents a lot of nutrients and your body is definitely going to benefit and use those that's what's going to allow you to recover faster feel better feel more energetic yeah no exactly i've noticed that huge difference like it's been remarkable so let's talk about tofu because i know i've complained about this to you a lot where i'm like why do i have to eat so much tofu and tempeh um and even though i know the science behind it that it's actually is very beneficial particularly for women but men too uh because of the phytoestrogens but let's just talk about tofu and why it's an important part of the program as well yeah, um, well, it's, a, it's an important part, but it, it helps to increase your, your protein intake because you're training so much, right? If, you, if you're sedentary, then you do need less protein because you're not um, you know, ripping those muscle fibers. You don't have as much to repair compared to with like your one to five hour of training every day. You do need a little bit more protein. And I'm not talking of the bodybuilder level for that you need 300 grams a day to, re- to recover, right? I can't remember on top of my head how much your new meal plan is, but you're thinking like 110, 115 grams per day um and tofu and tempeh and, and lentils and beans just higher concentration form of protein because if i try to make you hit that number with just beans and lentils then the majority of your your carbohydrates for the day are going to be in fiber form and i need you to have like sweet potatoes or fruits you have that easy um energy for when you're doing your workouts because your body's not going to utilize the the extra fiber as great for when you're going to be doing your five-hour bike ride, right? You need those quick, easily accessible carbohydrates to fuel you. So it's kind of like finding that balance when I'm making your plans. Like, okay, I want her to hit her her protein, but also I don't want too much fiber because it slows down your digestion and you need to recover in between your workouts. Um, and I don't want you to feel stuffed when you're on your run because if you eat a big fiber meal before a run, it's very uncomfortable when you're going up and down for one to two hours. Uh, yeah, so just finding that balance between uh, between everything to make sure you're comfortable when you're training, you have the energy that you need, but you're also getting enough fiber and all your nutrients to recover. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, that's been a big learning for me too, is um, knowing that it's not just about your muscles and your bones and your ligaments and tendons and your mindset when it comes to endurance training, but a huge aspect is your digestion, right? And how it affects you. Um, throughout the entire time. And it's something I never thought about before. I'm like, oh, just whatever. I'll eat just before I go for a run or I'll eat six hours before I go for a run. And it doesn't work that way. So talk about the timing for people when, you know, when they're eating and um, what they should consider when they're training. Yeah. So before you're training, you want um, quick, easy, accessible carbohydrates. You want to stock up on some fruits. You don't want to wait too long um, you don't want to wait like two hours before a big bike ride because then you'll be starving with 30 minutes in, your glycogen is going to be depleted and then you're going you're gonna to feel really weak. Um, so you want to stock up on complex carbs like a few hours before and then maybe some fruit, some dates before you actually go on your workouts. You have that uh, easily accessible energy. And if you're training for longer than an hour, then I would eat carbs every 30 minutes, right? So you'll see, you'll see on your workout, if you're training an hour, you don't really need fuel because you're using what you ate before. But if you're training an hour and a half, have some carbs at the 30 minute, an hour mark to sustain the whole workout and then so forth until you do whatever, five, five six hours cycling, right? You got to eat a lot throughout the workout. Um, again, you got to sustain the energy while you're doing that. And after your training session, you want to keep it 
a little bit more protein and rich in carbohydrates and really low in fat because fat is going to slow down your digestion and you want your body to easily access those carbohydrates and those protein to start recovering right away. If you throw in a lot of fat in the mix, it's just slowing everything down. You're not going to recover as well. Yeah, no, I love that. And that's helped me tremendously as well with, um, so basically what I do is for every hour after one hour of workout, I eat about 200 calories of food. So, and it's not that hard to get in there. So, you know, I'll stop at like the hour and a half mark and I'll throw in a couple dates and half a banana. And then I do the same thing in an hour or two, like at the two hour mark. And I just did an endurance challenge where I, on two of the seven days, I rode 160 kilometers followed by a 10K run. And so I just made sure I had tons of food so that I was consistent, consistently fueling every single hour. Um, I did every hour instead of half an hour because it's hard to stop every half an hour on your bike. And I'm not yeah. good at biking and eating at the same time, but- Yeah, you get, um, you get used to it. <laughs> yeah, but I literally like, even though it ended up being about uh, nine hour days with the biking and running, like at the end of it, I felt amazing. Like I could easily have gone for a hike and, you know, I had all my energy stores still maintained because I was fueling every, every hour. And I was also drinking 28 ounces of um, water. And so I just wanted my water bottles every hour and just made sure I was always hydrated and I felt amazing. And then I woke up the next day and I did it all over again. And I never had, and I actually continued to train. Like I never had to take any rest days um, after that endurance challenge as well. So that was like probably the biggest tip as well that I got from you, which, you know, if I had just been Googling, I think I would have missed that. Yeah. You would have been a little bit more sore after. <laughs> I would have been very, very sore. And that's where, like, would you say that's where injuries come from? Definitely. Well, yes, because if you're under eating, you're not fueling properly, you're not recovering properly. And if you're trying to keep up with your training schedule, that's where you're going to get injured. Your, your yeah. body, you, you need calorie in the form of energy, nutrient-dense foods in order to recover. And if you would have been eating 1,500 calories on those days, you know, who knows what would have happened a few weeks down the road. Yeah. And I definitely see that because, you know, it's hard to eat 3000 calories a day while you're still training one to five hours a day. Like it's a lot of eating, especially when you do it plant-based. Sure. If I was yeah. eating 12 eggs and, you know, three chicken breasts every three hours or whatever it was, um, you know, it requires less chewing, but it's also super hard on your digestion. But I mean, it's a full-time job training like this, you know, for my cycle across Canada, but I can definitely attest to on the busy, busy days when I don't follow your schedule. I definitely notice like I'll go to bed with my knees feeling like I you know trained for five hours being like oh, okay I can feel them kind of but um the next day if I didn't follow your program I can still feel them versus when I stick to the program I get all my nutrients in um my knees feel like they're brand spanking new the next morning yeah it's it's different when you're training and eating as an athlete because mm -hmm. you're obviously eating to fuel your workout and then you do your workout and then you're eating to recover from your workout, but then you're eating to fuel tomorrow's workout. And then totally. the next day you're eating to fuel that workout and it's just a never ending cycle. I know. Yeah. I mean, and today is a prime example. Like I, it's, you know, one thirteen, and here we are. And I only just got, you know, basically my breakfast and one of my snacks in, like I'm about two meals behind here. So I'm going to have to, um, have Combine to jump in. some of them. Yeah. Combine them and just like, 
devour them. And it's what I love too, because we all love to eat, right? So this is so exciting. It's to let go of the myth that dieting means restricting your calories, when in fact, it could actually mean, you know, moving your body a little bit more and eating a hell of a lot more than I think what most North Americans are, are consuming of healthy foods. Yeah, we, there's a lot of members that are finishing um, their reverse dieting phase that are eating 1,800, 2,200 calories to maintain their 40 pound weight loss, to maintain their body. They're eating that much. And they're like, I never thought it would be possible. How much are they eating? Um, so for example, Lee, she lost, she's 45, lost 45 pounds. She's eating 2,200 calories to maintain her body. And she's training four times a week. Wow. For like an hour at a, like how long? 45 minutes. That's it. Yeah. She's on, she's on, she's on the program. It's like 45 minutes. Yeah. That's amazing. And so what, cause I'm not doing the training part with you, like the gym part with you, um, yeah. because I'm doing it with my other trainer, um, for the cycling and running, but let, explain, you know, what does that look like in the gym for somebody to work with you, um, and, and follow your program? Yeah. So for, for most people, I, I, I tailor it to wherever they're at. Um, obviously like also if they have access to a gym or not, if they're at home, for example, Lee, she's lost 45 pounds training at home because she didn't have access to a gym. So I really tailor to wherever people are at. But the first phase, I really like to focus on building a, a strong foundation, right? There's no point of going into massive hit session, jump squats, if your body's not connecting and firing up properly. So I like to spend a lot of time under tension, making sure you have really good form. You're recruiting as much muscle fiber as possible so that when we amp up the intensity, your, mo- your body is moving in the correct order and then moving effectively. So you're less prone to injury and you get better results because you're actually working the muscle properly, right? So I, I like to build a strong foundation, no matter where people are at, everyone needs to work on foundation and then amp up the intensity from there. And there's people in the program that are Ironman athletes running hundred kilometer, hundred mile races. So obviously the training looks a bit different for them. Uh, but yeah, I always like to focus on a strong foundation and amp up from there. That's amazing. And is it always, you know, strength training, like gym style exercises or what does that look like for your different athletes Um, or different clients, I should say? Gym or gym or home, but it's very like strength training focus. Right. Strength training. Uh, Yeah. Because you need to, um, if, even if you're not running a marathon or biking across Canada, like you won't get across Canada and you'll never, ever say, Oh my God, I couldn't go any faster or I can go any longer because my lungs wouldn't support me. Mm -hmm. It's your legs that are going to give out the first thing. All right. So we always need to focus on building lead muscle, which is going to allow you to sustain your bike ride, sustain your runs. People are doing Ironman, even people that aren't doing Ironman focusing on building lean muscle is going to allow you to increase your BMR, basal metabolic rate. So you burn more calories at rest. You get to eat more food. That's the beauty behind it. Yeah. 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 No, I love that. And all, and especially what you just said that even if you're not training for anything at all, I know now that how important doing that strength training was for nine months, because it helped me overcome all my injuries, which were exactly from what you said. I had so my, my trainer was blown away. I had so many muscle groups that just weren't firing. Like not just muscle fibers, but literally the entire group. Like it took me like a few months actually just to fully get my all my glutes firing and and then getting my core firing and my transverse firing. And this is what was contributing to my sore lower back. It's what contributed to my shoulder pinched, like a nerve that and I don't even know how I injured that. 
my knees were, you know, when you start, you know, when you're, you're not 45 or anywhere close to it, lucky, but I am. And, you know, you know, I'm sure if I had gone to a doctor and said, Hey, my knees are aching, they would have said, Oh yeah, that's your, you aging, you know, in that grinding you hear when you walk down the stairs, that's just aging. And Oh, your mom has arthritis. So that must just be genetic. Like these are the things that doctors tell us. And, you know, if you're not savvy enough, you're going to buy into that. And then you're just going to end up on medication. When in the, at the end of the day, all it was is that I had muscle groups that weren't firing and I just needed to do strength training in the gym because my shoulder healed in three days, my lower back healed in that full nine month period. My knees are amazing now, which is obvious because I'm training five hours a day running and cycling. So it is so, so, so important that even if you're not training for anything that it, to, to start doing these strength training exercises. You, you definitely work, need to work your body as a whole. And like you doing that training and experiencing all that is the perfect example because you're getting really good at it because you're working specifically in those planes of movement of you're yeah. just repeating the same movement over and over again. Your body's getting used to it. Um, as you get older, that you, you have more obligations, your job, your body tends to stay in the same plane of movements that feel comfortable Therefore, when you step out of that, that's where you're more prone to injury because it's not a movement that you're used to doing. When you're a kid and you jump on a skateboard, it's fine. You're moving in all types of different direction and you're used to it. Now, if you step on a skateboard, if I step on a skateboard, it's a different situation, right? But because it's not something that, I, that I've practiced. And that's why I, like on some of the workouts, like some animal flows, get your body moving, open up your hips. Um, yeah, it's very important to work the body in different planes and make sure everything is firing up to properly support your body. Right. And so, yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. So let's, um, what, so tell me what, what's this animal flow that you just mentioned? Uh, yeah, it's like animal walks. There's like the orangutan, the inchworm. Um, what's the other one? There's a frog. But it's basically like you're squatting down at 90 degrees and then you have your hands in front and you jump like a frog and then you reset your body. So you do a few of those, the side ones or orangutans. It just helps to move your, your body in different planes, helps to open up your hips and helps your posture as well. Okay. I love that. Just in case, because I'm sure a lot of people are going to go Google some of this stuff as well as yeah. they're Googling you. So let's talk about some of the transformations that your clients have gone through, because I can spend all day just going through their before yeah. and after photos, which I think are just so powerful and very cool. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, is there anyone like specifically? Oh gosh, I can't remember their names, but I mean, you've had some incredible, like, you know, before and after. I mean, so definitely some of the men, you know, that you've had, you're like, oh, does the, like, it looks like they're leaner and fitter for sure. But the biggest transformations that I see are in the women, because it looks like the women tend to gain more weight, not have the muscle mass of that definition, but to see them like go from, you know, I'll call it being overweight or, or pudgy, or I don't even know what the politically correct term is, but um, to being like these slim, lean women, I mean, it's the, the transformations are so profound. Yeah, we, yeah, we do. We have really good ones. I'm, I'm proud of every single one of them, to be honest. I, I'm happy that they, they trusted me. Yeah. That's the hard part is people hire you and sometimes they don't trust you. But if you trust me, it works. We had Jamie who lost 25 pounds in 90 days. Um, Nicole is 44 down 44 pounds um from 300 to 266 and we're you know we're still going lee's lost 45 pounds 
Um, Marissa, her initial goal was to lose 10. And now I think she's like 15 pounds down and she's eating 1,900 calories. She's like, I, I, it's so much food. Lucky I can't eat all of it. Like your stomach's going to stretch. You'll get used to it. Um, so that, that's the beauty is when people do like the, the full transformation is they lose the weight, but then we re-increase their food. And now you're, you're, you're free from putting on weight pretty much because you're yeah. eating so much food that you genuinely have to make a conscious effort to put on weight. Cause you have to eat more than that. Um, so I think that's like, that's what I like doing is setting people up for success after, because then it's like, Hey, you're eating 2000 calories to maintain your body. Like good luck putting on weight there. Yeah. And the part too that I love about that is they're not only, they're free from the dieting, like they don't have to diet anymore ever. Right. No, because honestly, the way you saw the meal plans, the, the way the meals are structured, it's very easy for you to replicate after it's like, Hey, I've been eating like this for three or six months. I can, I can eat, I'll go in my kitchen and I'll easily put that together. And you know exactly how much to eat because you've built those habits throughout the programs, right? I put a big emphasis on building healthier habits and on the mindset around food. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what makes a big difference. Yeah. And that's the part that I also found quite remarkable about the work that you're doing is like, for example, they say this at the true North clinic, which is, you know, known for fasting that, um, uh, oh my gosh, Dr. Clapper, he, you know, he works out of there and teaches out of there and runs a clinic. And he would say that it's not the fasting that heals people. It's them learning how to cook real foods, real clean foods. That is where the actual healing comes from. Because once they stop that fasting, they actually have to return to life and eat. And if they didn't learn the skills on how to eat well, then they're just going to gain all their weight back and their diseases are going to all come back as well. And so- it's not the fasting that reverses the diseases. It's the returning to food as medicine that does it. And it's, it's exactly the same as you. And I've looked in, you know, when I go through the videos and the posts and everything, and we have our group um, chats that I get so excited because you can see, like I came into it knowing how to cook all of these meals. Like that was not foreign to me. Um, but you have a lot of people who had no idea that they can make an amazing veggie burger from Whole Foods. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really amazing to see the the transformation that takes place on a, on a on a personal level on a mindset level. Um, yeah, I I am proud of all of them. Yeah, it's really cool. I love seeing in the group chat everyone sharing the the recipes and their breakthroughs. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and that's what's going to prevent them from ever gaining the weight back as well. It's because now they've developed a new skill set in the kitchen, and I mean they will never be able to cook food this like the, the, the with their old habits and skills, you know, and because now you've transformed them, you know, knowledge wise and, um, and in that as well. So I think I just have to say, it's incredible what you're doing. So tell me how many people come to you with the question about keto? Um, quite often, that's the one of the first question is, am I going to have to cut my carbs <laughs> to do the program? And uh, the answer is no, you don't need to cut your carbohydrates. Um, I'll, I'll, if you don't mind, like I'll explain a little bit why yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan of it. So when you cut out your carbs, you're basically depleting your glycogen storage, which is allowing you to sustain your long bike rides and is the reason why you're eating carbohydrates pretty much every 30 minutes, every hour to sustain your training. So of glycogen, you can store from eight to like 12 pounds in your body of glycogen storage, right? That, as a bodybuilder, when I competed, that's what you empty before you step on stage. I personally lost nine pounds in four days 
from depleting my glycogen storage. I didn't lose more fat. I had no fat to lose. I just depleted my glycogen storage. So the initial weight loss that comes from going keto is you depleting your glycogen storage and the water retention that comes from the glycogen yeah. storage. So you have all these exciting like moments like, oh my God, I lost 10 pounds in my first four days. And then as soon as you eat carbohydrate, because it's your body's preferred source of energy, the first thing is going to do is restock that glycogen storage, which adds weight to the scale, right? So you could eat a whole loaf of bread and you feel like you've done something bad and you've put on eight pounds, but you didn't, you just restocked your glycogen storage. And right. that's why I'm not a fan of it because it leaves so much room for, for disappointment. Mentally, it's really hard to see the scale fluctuate like that. And second, it's hard not to eat carbohydrate, especially if you're whole food plant-based. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's pretty much impossible. Um, yeah. so that's, that's why I don't recommend to people. It's not, it's not sustainable. Uh, it's not enjoyable. I always tell everyone that comes in, it's like, I want you to lose the weight in a way that you see yourself living for the rest of your life. Right. Cause if it, if you don't, once the program's done, you're just going to go in party mode and eat everything. Exactly. So I want you to enjoy the whole process. So when you're done, you can see yourself living like that. Keto, I, after three months, I would eat a lot of carbs too. <laughs> I don't blame anyone for doing that. So I'd rather use a more sustainable approach so that people enjoy it. They don't empty their glycogen storage. It stays full so that when you actually lose weight, it's actually fat. Exactly. And with your clients that lose 44 pounds and you know 60 pounds, they're also gaining muscle mass yep. at the same time. So they're technically, you know, it's almost like they lost more because they've gained the muscle, but they've also lost weight. So it's a huge transformation, which is why they see the, like, we see them slim down so much and we see all this muscle definition come out as well. And the six packs pop out and. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. I think I posted Tiffany, her last picture. I was like, Oh my God, you can see her core coming in. Yeah. Yeah, that is very, very, very cool. Um, so, and I feel the same way about keto as well. Uh, we know through studies now that are being done that whether it's plant-based keto or whether it's meat eating, you know, butter on steak with olive oil smothered all over it, keto, um, that, you know, these studies have been showing basically within a year of doing keto, you have, you can go from zero arterial blockage all the way up to like 98 uh, percent blockage in your arteries. And these are studies that are being done by um, cardiologists. And it's serious, serious, serious consequences to thinking that you can just consume fat, high fat, no carbs for long periods of time. Like keto was never meant for that. It was meant to, you know, for people who needed, you know, quick surgeries, but had to lose weight very fast. And it was also meant for epileptics. Um, yeah you know, getting those ketones fired up. And so that, it, you know, it's important for people to know that. And, and I like what you said too, about the fact that it's what we need to do to sustain, like, what can we do to sustain ourselves long-term? What kind of lifestyle do you want to lead? And yeah, you'd be missing out on literally like every beautiful plant-based food on the planet almost, if you tried to stick to keto. Yeah. So um, you had been, let's jump into supplements because I know that uh, everybody has an opinion about supplements. You know, some people think they're the devil at work and other people think they're, you know, God's gift to mankind um, and everything else in between. So you had been working at a supplement company prior to all of this, you know, venture into um, the plant-based world. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a, 
it was an interesting time to, to work for the company. I got to see a little bit of behind the scenes, how everything is marketed, how everything is late, how they're creating the labels for the containers. Um, it, it opened my eyes as to how careful you have to be when you're choosing a product um, and the level of pesticide that's going to be in there and contaminants and heavy metals. So you really have to be careful with the, the product that you use. Um, I don't want to say I'm a fan of supplements. I, I like them if you pick a clean product, right? But they're also there to supplement what you're eating. So if you're not training on a five-hour <laughs> bike ride per day, you don't really need supplements, like, unless you do like for like your B12 and like maybe some, some iodine and stuff like that. Um, then that would be the basis. But you don't need to get, grab like creatine, BCAAs, and, and, and all that stuff if you're just training a few times a week. Right. But when you're as an endurance athlete, when you're spending that much energy, it's hard to get that much nutrients in, right? Because 3000 calories, you would still need more nutrients, exactly. right? And then hitting your protein, if I, you know, we increase it more then it would take up some of your calories. So that's why like a protein shake is, is really handy. But like the one I told you, it's, it's hemp protein. Yeah. And so hemp is one of the most bioavailable sources of protein that exists. Obviously there's like pea, there's brown rice protein, there's pumpkin protein. Um, those are kind of the whey protein of the like meat eating world. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's dirt cheap. And that's why companies use it. It's super cheap to use. Um, but hemp protein, right. When you're eating it, I think the, the absorption rate is like 70 or 80%. Wow right? Compared to pea protein, I think it's like 15 to 20. So if you eat hundred grams, you're only getting 15 to 20 grams compared to hemp. Um, and hemp is been known to be uh, kind of like the egg of the vegan world. So a lot of people refer to egg as like the perfect source of protein because there's albumin and Edison in it, right? And Edison is the one that's the most bioavailable to the body because it can only be found in the body. There's nowhere else in nature where you can find Edison. It's only in the human body a little bit in eggs and in hemp, two thirds of the hemp protein is from Edison. So it's so similar to the body that when you take it, your body kind of is like, Hey, I recognize this. Let me take this. It's a lot easier to absorb. That's why I'm a, a big fan of, of hemp protein. Yeah. So that, that's usually the one I recommend to people. Okay. Amazing. And what, is there a brand that you like? Cause I know you've done your research extensively around which type of protein powders, um, that endurance athletes or people who are training a lot should, you know, could take and really because of the toxicity is in there as well. So which brand do you recommend? Um, so the one I've been, I've been using for the past few years and which led me to do all this research because when Jen got sick, um, we looked at everything right? Because mm -hmm. we didn't want anything going into her body. So if it's good for her, it's good for me. It's good for the majority of people. Yeah. Um, so it's a brand out of Vancouver, actually. It's called Ergogenics. Um, yeah, I think it's, yeah, ergogenics.com. They have like a, their, their coffee and their chocolate one is so good. Okay. My top two favorite. You put some, a little bit of oat milk and then you warm it up and it, yeah, it's really good. Oh, amazing. Okay, good. And, you know, just for listeners out there, I mean, for years, you know, for I'm in the world of disease reversal. And so when it looks, especially particular to cancer, uh, we know that protein in excess of like 10 to 12% um, intake in a day can actually trigger cancer cells uh, to grow. So not 
trigger the creation of a cancer cell, but once it's created and it's a little foci in the body, like a little cluster of cells that have mutated and become cancerous, then excess protein in the diet can cause it to grow because it's a living entity like you, right? You want to build muscle, you need protein. Well, think about the cancer being the same way. It's like, I need to grow. I need protein. So when you get in excess of that, um, you do have to be mindful. So you don't want to be consuming excess protein. So, so for years, you know, the majority of my clients, I'm like, stop taking the protein powders. But now I'm on the other side of the fence being an endurance athlete where I am, I am experimenting with these protein powders. Um, I definitely notice, um, I would say difference um, now that they're added into my meal plan for sure. Like I said, I recover really well. Um, but again, you know, I'm really mindful of only taking in what I need and not going above that based on my, you know, training for the week, for example. So yeah. I'm not measuring it every day, but I'm measuring it basically, even though we are measuring, I guess you are measuring it every day. I, I calculated everything for you. Yeah, you've, cal- you've done it all for me. So Lucky knows how much protein I'm getting in a single day based on, and now really matched up with my training uh, versus for the, you know, and over the course of the week. So I just make sure I stick to my meal plan and then I feel quite comfortable with that. So, you know, but I do want to stress for people who are not training that you don't necessarily need this excess protein because you can get enough of it through your food. Yes, Hello? 100%. Okay, that's good. I just wanted to clarify that. Um so what would, like, I just, I'm so curious. So let's just fast forward into the future. I'm now done my tour across Canada. I'm not training one to six hours a day. Um, what, how do we go then from this reverse dieting to now eating, you know, I'm going to be getting up to what, how many calories a day will I be getting up to while I'm on the tour? Oh, I would probably start you off at like, Again, I, so, so my, my plan for you, are you okay if I share it? Share my plan. I want people right. to know what's going on with this yeah. okay. and how, and also how you work. Cause I love that it's number one, it's not just you and your company. You have a whole group of staff that are, and nutritionists that are actually calculating all this as well. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically what I, I, I see for you is we're basically we're reverse dieting right now. Um, I think we've at 3000, we're kind of, we capped how much your body can eat without putting on weight. Yeah. Um, and then I would make you sustain that for a little bit because I need your body to adapt to it. And then according to your training, when you, you when you send me your workouts, right? So we can know week per week, then I'm going to adjust your calories. We're going to do, we're going to start going at a slight deficit because I'm going to start focusing on losing more body fat so that when you're cycling, you're, you're carrying less weight and that therefore you're spending less energy when you're going to be biking. So basically I would just bring you down a little bit, lose some weight. And once we hit your goal target, which is going to be before you leave, then we'll do another phase of reverse dieting because I can't, for example, you end at like uh, 2000 calories. I can't bring you from two to four because you're going to yeah. put on a bunch of weight. Yeah. So then we would reverse diet back up to like 3,500, 4,000. But again, I'm going to monitor your training, your energy expenditure, how your body is responding to it. And then as you start your ride, then we'll be in communication. Be like, okay, cool. You felt tired. You weren't recovering as well. You were hungry. Okay, cool. Let's say, add more of this food. Um, and then as you go through your tour, then we'll be able, we'll be in communication. I'll be okay. Like add more food. Okay. Maybe remove a little bit. Um, that's what I'll do when you're on your tour. And then when you're done, your energy expenditure is going to go down by a lot, hopefully slowly, right? Cause you don't want to like full on stop. Not and we'll cold tofurkey. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> And we'll just bring your food back down to, to a normal level. But I think your metabolism is going to be 
on fire at that point. So you'll be able to eat a lot of food to maintain your new body. So you'll be eating a lot of food, having your new body, having biked across Canada, and then you're set. And then from there, you go wherever you want. You want to bike across the States, you're ready to go, right? You want to lose more weight, you're set properly because you're not under eating, right? You want to focus on building lean muscle, you're at a good spot to do that. Yeah, I love this because you're reminding me of one of my favorite podcasts with Dr. Zach Bush uh, on the Ritual show. And he talked about how we have the ability, like with us currently, as we are designed with the DNA from our mothers and fathers, um, that we have the ability to be 2,000 different versions of ourselves. Just I by. That. Right, right. Just by adjusting the foods that you eat, whether you smoke or don't smoke, whether you get good sleep or not, whether you live in a polluted place or a non-polluted place, whether you bodybuild or you don't. And I just thought that was so fascinating. And I'm so curious, like what it's going to be like for me. And I'm enjoying watching this transformation. And that's literally what you do with your clients. You are taking them through these body morphing transformations so they can be different versions of themselves, which I think is um, pretty incredible. It's amazing to watch. Yeah, no, you have an incredible thing going on. So what would you like, what are some three tips I would say that you can give to people who are like hearing this podcast, they probably are still meat eaters because 97 to 98% of the population is, Um, they haven't ventured into a vegan or vegetarian because you're also, you're supporting people who are veg curious as well and vegan curious. Yes. So I, I support, so in order to work with me, people have to be plant-based. So either be or willing to go. Yeah. So that way I can guide them through the process and they can experience what it's like to thrive on plants properly. Because when I went, I don't want them to switch to a bowl of blueberry dates and bananas. I want to, I want to help them do it right. Um, so yeah, that's like, if they're veg curious, like the whole process is taken care of for them. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. On, on top of that, they get an amazing transformation on top of learning and thriving on a whole food plant-based diet, their whole body composition shifts. Incredible. What's your motivation now with being vegan? Because everybody does it for different reasons, but I'm just curious, like where, what's the strongest motivator? Um, there's, there's two of them. One, I feel so darn good. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to stop it. Um, and the, the second one, honestly, is um, like Jen, when, when she got diagnosed, she was vegetarian. And then when she went vegan, it made a significant difference in her levels of inflammation and the size of the tumor and, and how she felt. And I was already vegan for, I think, four years at that time. So seeing that right on one of the worst scenarios that you can consider in society, which is being diagnosed with cancer, I was like, oh my God, it's truly powerful. And over the past four years, we just dove deep into research and studies. And I was like, there's for me, there's no doubt in my mind that it's the best way to eat. Um, so that's one of my motivations is I want to help people not go through what she's going through. That's one of the, that's kind of like the, the master plan behind fit vegan coaching is people learn to thrive on plants. They get an amazing transformation, but I also know that I'm greatly reducing the risk of getting diseases like cancer, strokes and all that. And that, that's one of the main drivers for me is I don't want people to experience what she's going through because whatever people think is worth it, 
like eating bacon or <laughs> eating a burger is not once you're on the flip side, right? And I know you've spoken, like you're, you're in that world. So you know that what's on the flip side is not worth like anything. And it's expensive when you're on the other side. To regain your health yeah. is way more pricey than to start taking care of your health. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, you know, the saying goes, you either pay for it now or you're going to pay for it later. And there's this myth that, you know, going plant-based, whole food, vegetarian or vegan is expensive. But talk a little bit about that. Like, do you find it, you know, more expensive or, and obviously don't compare it to your 12 eggs a day and yeah, 70,000 yeah. chicken breasts a week. <laughs> um Personally, just from experience, because we, we just make calculations with like, I compare it to my brother who still eat meat and his grocery list and, and mine, I buy way more food and I'm still cheaper than him for, for my costs for the grocery. If you're eating whole foods, it's cheap. If you're buying beyond meat, like tofurkey and fig cheese and vegan mayo, like that adds up pretty quickly, yeah. right? That's how your bill's expensive. But you're sticking to whole foods. Yeah. It's, it's way much cheaper for your grocery list and for the future. Exactly. And in, from an environmental perspective as well, we know it's, you know, you know, so much better for climate change. We know it's so much better for animal welfare. You know, it's better for your health. It's, you know, it's better for all these reasons that I'm like, why are, you know, why are more people There's not- no downside. <laughs> There's no downside to it and you're going to get enough protein people. Um, And yeah, so let's chat about the um, fact I'm basically not 100%, but pretty close um, SOS free, which means refined sodium, refined sugar and refined oil free. Um, And that's important to me because of course I teach the Gerson therapy and adding all of these refined products does not benefit our health. Um, And I know for you, you do use a little bit of that, like it's in the recipe and I, and you said I could opt out of it. So that's no problem. But how do you manage the, talk a little bit about how you manage the fats um, to carb to protein ratio. Cause I have seen it change in my plan, but I'm never sure like what triggered you to adjust the, the fats, for example. Yeah. Well, I try to keep fats higher on meals that are not around your workout Okay. for, for digestion and easily accessing the energy. Um, and the other thing is you're eating 3000 calories of not including fat. That would be way more food that you would have to eat. So I'm trying to make your life easier by adding a, a little bit more fat in there. So avocado, some nuts or some seeds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, if you're just training to lose weight and performing very different, like you're going to have more fats when, when you're training to perform because you just need more calories, more energy coming in and all from carbs. You just be sitting down and eating all day. I, I've tried it out. Um, and I do believe you do need some fats in your diet for, for brain health, for, for your hormone. But I know you like oil and salt. I know Jen's going to be doing Gerson's. I know we, we, she started cutting that out uh, for the salt, for the endurance side, just for electrolyte purposes. Um, it's one of the easiest way for people to add it. And if they're eating a whole food plant-based, then they're not getting salts from processed foods. Um, and then for the oil aspect, um, I'm not against it, but I'm not for it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, you can make oil out of anything. You can make banana oil if you press enough bananas. So yeah. just, it's just fat, concentrated fat. That's all it is. Um, so yeah, just in some recipes, I, I don't mind, but again, I'm not in a situation where I'm trying to heal from something. So I'm just using it as a bit of additional calories to help me eat all my food for the day. 
Right. No, that's good. And just to understand as well that it's in there to, I mean, and of course, I mean, I have no problem eating foods that have naturally occurring fats because again, people, everyone who thinks Correct. they're not going to get enough fats, every food on the planet has fat. It's a building block. So you're not going to be fat deficient, just like you're not going to be protein deficient. As you long as you're spinach getting spinach oil, if you want to. <laughs> totally, exactly. I mean, romaine lettuce has incredible oils in there as well, um, which is really important. Okay, so that's good to know. I just had to ask that question around how you make those adjustments, but also knowing that the fat is there, like when it's not directly before a workout, because that obviously impacts my um, my workout if I have to digest those hard to digest fats for sure. Um, so let's talk a little bit about. Um, your team. What is your team? Who 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 is your team? Who are your team? I don't even know what the correct grammar is. Who yeah. Is so I, I, from the from the nutrition and training perspective, I only have one person, and she's awesome, Sarah. She's a holistic nutritionist. She's been a trainer for ten years, um, and she's again on the nutrition side. She's making the the world of a difference. I my my knowledge is in performance training to perform in body composition. So I use a lot of her knowledge in terms of like the more the the health aspect. They, they go hand in hand, but she's more focused on the vitamins and nutrients component. And I'm more like, okay, this is what needs to happen in order to improve body composition. This is what needs to happen in order to improve performance. All right, so now let's make sure that the right foods fit into those metrics. And that's how you have your plan. That's awesome. And you know what, for anybody who's listening to this, like a lot of times if you just hire a nutritionist, you know, and they are not trained in body composition, or you just hire somebody who's trained in body composition, but not trained in nutrition, then you could be spending twice the amount of time and money, obviously trying to get the right answers for your body. And it's what I love about working for, for Lucky and, and working with Lucky and Fit Vegan is because it's you literally are an integrated wellness and you know physical body team is what you are like you're getting the best of all worlds yeah we're recovering mindset recovering accountability recovering your training and nutrition it's easier for me to ensure someone's success if i control both aspects because yeah. if I change your nutrition, but then you, you know, randomly change your training and, and I'm not sure, then your body's responding a different way. That's a variable that I didn't account for in your nutrition plan. So it's better for me to control both so I can ensure everyone's success. But when we're looking at performance with you, you send me your screenshots of your workouts. I have an idea how much you're training, then I can adjust your training. Yeah, no, I love that. It's And we need more nutritionists out there who understand that there is that direct relationship. So, you know, if you're out there trying to do it on your own partner with somebody else who is, you know, a body composition specialist and offer that to your clients and vice versa as well. Yeah. Like there's a lot of personal trainers that I've met that are suffering from chronic diseases because they're overdoing it on the fake protein. Well, it's not fake protein, but you know, the yeah. wrong types of foods, let's say, and they're not helping their clients. Their clients can't lose weight, even though they're spending all this time in the gym. And it's so discouraging, right, to do all that work and not get results when actually it's just tweaks to your diet that you need to make or tweaks to your training program. Yes. And I've had a lot of members work with trainers before that didn't understand the nutrition part. And a trainer was like, you're, you're vegan, like at least eat eggs to get your protein. Yeah. And I was like, you don't need to do that. 
Yeah, exactly. And I vetted a few other nutritionists as well and ended up, you know, sticking with you and doing your program because I could see clearly that number one, you had the science behind the nutrition, you had the science behind the training and where, you know, the, these other people were saying some crazy things that weren't even based on science at all. You know, like you got to cut out your carbs if you want to, you know, build. And I was like, really, I don't have to carbs are, I really want my brain to be functioning and I need my body and my muscles to be functioning. And, um, and so immediately, like the minute those were big red flags for me. And that's obviously why I chose to work with you and not with them as well. So let's dive into what happened after you rode to California because you had 22 days of cycling under your belt. But then all of a sudden, that's when your endurance uh, training career took off. Yeah. After San Francisco, I, I came back home and I was, I think I did three weeks. I didn't have a, a goal that I was training for because I just did this big trip and it was all brand new. And I was like, no, I need something bigger. So again, turned to Google. I'm like, what's the craziest events in the world? And an Ironman showed up. I was like, I don't know what that is, but that sounds cool. That sounds, that sounds badass, Ironman. So I was like, I started looking into it. I was like, oh, it's a triathlon. I didn't know what a triathlon was because where I'm from, like I, I lived on a farm when I was younger, like triathlon was not really a thing that we did. Um, so yeah, I started looking into it. I'm like swimming, biking, running. I'm like, I can bike and I, I can run and I can learn how to like properly swim because I haven't swam since I was 10 years old. Um, so like, you know what? I'm going to do this. That sounds crazy. So I signed up for, it was in January. I think it was in December actually, because I came back like November-ish, uh, December. I signed up for a half Ironman in June. So I basically had like six months to get ready for it. And and then I, I started training. I found a plan on, online and then eventually I hired a coach, which was a, was a huge game changer, saved me a lot of time. And um, he was like, you know what? You should maybe do like a Olympic distance triathlon, right? Just to get yourself an experience of like transition zones and all that. And yes, I just started training, did a Olympic distance triathlon and then did the half Ironman. And when I did the first one, I fell in love. I was like, oh my God, this is so much fun. Um, and then I just stuck with it. So I did, I did, I think I have all my medals here, but I have no idea. I probably did 10 Olympic distance, like a few sprints and three or four half Ironmans. Yeah. I, I went to go do a, a whole bunch after, but absolutely fell in love with it because it just came down to adaptation and mindset. Your body can adapt to anything. I believe that I, if I wanted to, and if I had the time, I could do the whole like ritual five Ironmans in five days, right? It wouldn't be easy, but I know I could get my body to do it. Um, But I like, it's just pure mindset. Yeah. What are some tricks that you have around mindset? I want to pick your brain on that right now, because I use anything I can, you know, learn and, 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 a test while I'm doing my long days. So what are some tricks that you had to get you through like the long training sessions and also the long endurance days? Um, to, to be honest, for me, it was, it was Jen is mm. even like my, my last half Ironman in Whistler. Um, I was in a car accident like a few weeks before I smashed my knee um, and I had a hard time walking and running. And I did a bunch of therapy and I try and get ready for it. And then I did the swimming part, the biking part. And then when I was running the half marathon, I think at kilometer four, like I took a step and I full on fell on the ground. Um, and I just, I hadn't, I couldn't put weight on my, like a lot of weight on my leg. 
and I finished from four to 21.1 kilometers. I ran limping to finish a race. Looking back, wasn't the, the best move. Um, but it was my last race of the season and now COVID happened. So it was, it was, it was perfect. Uh, but honestly, for me, it always just comes back down to Jen. I was like, she's every day she's waking up and in pain and uncomfortable. And I'm like, what do I have to complain about? I paid to do this, right? I, I paid to be here. Um, so I just, honestly, I just always fell back to that. I always fell back to like my, my personal experiences and, and knowing that nothing lasts forever. Like that race was going to be done. It was supposed to be done in five hours and a half, but it took seven something. But eventually the moment of pain is going to end. And I think that's what keeps me going through everything and what I'm going through with Jen. I always fall back on that is nothing lasts forever. Mm -hmm. um, and I definitely apply that to, to when I was racing. Wow, that's beautiful, Lucky. Um, you know what? On From all my experience working with clients, um, I do have to say that it's always heartbreaking for me because often, you know, I do all my client sessions with the couple. So I have, you know, both partners um, in the room and other family members as well. Anybody who's going to be involved in that individual who has a chronic disease and wants to reverse it, whoever is going to make contact with them in their life, I'm like, invite them into the room. So everybody understands the science around the nutrition and nobody's going to interfere with it. Like, for example, saying, telling my clients like, well, you better eat the steak because you need protein. And, you know, and nobody's saying that we need everyone to be on the same page. But the heartbreaking piece that I often find is, and in a lot of cases, it's the husband, you know, will often say like, oh, we're not going to do this um, because it's too expensive to do a nutritional therapy or it's not going to work. And they're making decisions for their partner. So I just have to say that, it is so refreshing for me when I do meet couples like yourself and Jen and when both partners are willing to support each other through whatever the decisions they make around their treatment choices. And it has been really remarkable to see how you, you know, you go above and beyond, like not just merely supporting, but you're going above and beyond because I know you have lots of um, trips to see all of these different specialists, but you're open to all of it. You're open to spending the money to see what works, right? And what's going to ease the pain and ease the discomfort. And so I just have to say, um, I don't know what it is. It's not congratulations. It's, you know, yeah. it's, but it's just, I, I feel so warm in my heart that you fully support your partner in, in what she's doing in her treatment choices. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, it's one of the thing I always think about is, um, it's just money. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd rather have her than money in my bank account. I can always make money later. Yeah. But I can't bring her back to life if something happens. So I just, yeah, for me, it just, it just makes sense. I don't know why I would keep my money and watch her suffer. Yeah. It, it, does, it doesn't make sense. So I'd rather, yeah, it's just money. Right? Her life matters more to me than and all that. Exactly. It's so true. It is just money and exactly what you said. So all those people who are out there listening right now, sign up with you're lucky and pay him money so that he can get you healthy, but also have that additional income to support his beautiful partner, Jen, in her journey in, um, you know, winning, winning over cancer. Um, 
it is really beautiful work that you do, Lucky. You're transforming people in the healthiest way that I could ever imagine um, doing, you know, both on the movement side, the physical side and the nutrition side. And I mean, there's not a better plan to help people, especially when it comes to overcoming, overcoming chronic disease as well and mental health conditions. We know how important movement and nutrition is for that. So I, I really just want to say thank you for doing that as well. It's an incredible service you provide to, to your clients. Thank you. I appreciate that. So any last words that you want to say before we close up, we should definitely let people know how they can find you and sign up for your amazing 90 day fit vegan uh, challenge. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. And in giving me an opportunity to, to share the, the work that I've been up to and, and uh, the passion behind it. Cause I, I rarely get to express that on, on Instagram. So it's really quick consumable content. So I really appreciate that. And in terms of, of reaching out to me, the main two ways uh, would be to, you can go to fitvegan.ca, right? You'll see all the transformations that people have gone through. There's testimonials and there's opportunity for you to book um, a free strategy call. You just fill out the form um, and then it'll, basically lead you to, to, to book a call with me. And the other one is through Instagram, which is going to be at Lucky Sigoin. So L-U-C-K-I-E. If I did my job right, I should be the first person that pops up. You'll easily be able to find you with that. <laughs> exactly. No, it, it, yeah, easy to find you. And we're going to have all of the links in the show notes um, as well. As, so people will be able to find you. You can find it through the podcast link as well as on our websites. Um, and, and if we do our job well, everybody will be able to find it too. So, awesome. so what's a last minute tip that you have for people who are sitting on the fence and they've been wanting to get started. They've been wanting to change up their diet. They've been wanting to change up their exercise movement plan. More on questions. What are you waiting for? Mm. When has the perfect time ever come? Right. And if, if uh, quarantine and everything that's happening right now showed us something is that that was a perfect time. Yeah. You don't have to drive anywhere. It's harder to eat out. You're at home. You had more time than ever before to be active. Right. And 20, like 2020, we, I, I'm a big fan of ending the year strong and starting strong and building that momentum. It's like now's the perfect time because if you wait till January 1st, whenever that starts and it's February 1st and it's March 1st and from, from the, from like a, I see that an extreme perspective, like you don't want to wait till you're sick to do something about it because when you're sick, you wish you could work out. You wish you could do all these things. Um, and it sucks that people have to wait to get there to realize that they should have done something before. Um, so I invite everyone to, to just look inside and be like, what happens if I don't change anything in my life right now? Because there's a cost to inaction and inaction is also a habit that people repeat often and often. Yeah, no, that's beautifully, beautifully said. And I like what you said about COVID too, that um, there's no better time in history that, you know, to get started and if you can imagine if you had gotten started on March 15th, when the border shut down and the businesses closed up, you know, you'd have what, like eight months of training and a whole brand new diet that you'd be on. Your body would be fully transformed. Oh, yeah. you would, 
Yeah. A good so, 40, 50 pounds, double your food intake. Oh yeah. <laughs> exactly. So get started now because you know how fast, you know, seven, eight months goes by. You just have to think about when COVID hit and, and look at where we are now. So there's no better place, no better time in history to get started for sure. Yeah. Lucky, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show to share your knowledge and expertise, your kindness, your joy for the work that you do. Um, like I said, you are a gift to our to our people. You are a gift to our communities and a gift to our planet through everything that you're doing through your plant-based program, vegan program, and your physical transformation program. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the end of the show. Just as I promised, the amazing Lucky Seguin shared all of that beautiful information with us. Now it's up to you to pick up everything that he laid out in front of you and to go and run with it. Literally, you can run with it. Go running, come back to your kitchen and start making the recipes, start cooking this way. Sign up to be uh, coached by Lucky to be one of his clients so that he can help you transform your life. Even if your only goal is to lose weight, you are going to be doing so much good for your body. You're going to be doing so much good for your health that it's a win-win scenario right across the board. So a few more things that I want to share with you is that we are launching our P4 challenge. So P4 stands for Plant Powered Peak performance. And plant-powered peak performance is literally all about using plant-based unrefined whole foods so that you can optimize your DNA's potential. You can optimize your cell, your cellular health potential. You can optimize your potential. And we're going to do this in seven days. So the seven-day program is just there to teach you what it means to eat plant-based, unrefined, whole foods, super clean, super real, and to really just switch you on to the flavors of those foods, switch you on to the habits that you need to incorporate, incorporate into your life so that you can live a P4 lifestyle, a plant-powered peak performance lifestyle. So check out the show notes because the links will be there. Also head over to our websites. Um, all the links are below so that you can sign up to be part of that challenge, which launches in January. Now, if you haven't got a copy of my book, head out there to amazon.com or amazon.ca or wherever you are in the world, get a copy of my book, Eat Real to Heal. It makes a fantastic Christmas present. You can get it as an audible. You can get it as a Kindle. You can get it as paperback. I personally like the paperback version. Um, even though some might, you know, debate tree health on the planet. Uh, but it is a nice book to hold in your hand, read through it, take notes. It's the kind of book that you want to underline and, you know, put, um, you know, page markers in it. You can dog ear it because there's great recipes in there. You want to go back to just understanding why it is so imperative that we as humans on this planet go back to eating the real clean whole foods that we were designed and meant to eat. So get a copy of my book. And if you do have a chronic disease and you do want help navigating your illness so that you can actually learn how to use food to reverse your chronic 
condition, so your diagnosed chronic condition, I'll work with you and your medical team. We'll do a consult together and we'll get you started on a program to get you results. So definitely head over to my website at nicoletteriche.com and sign up for a three-hour consult with yours truly so I can get you started on the path to ultimate health. Thanks for being here with us on the Eat Real to Heal show. It has been a pleasure and stay tuned for next week when we, when we release another episode. Bye for now, everyone.